first pitch tonight, the Chicago Cubs are in town. It is the Stro Show tomorrow. Ooh. Marcus Stroman against Kevin Gossman. <clears throat> and uh, as always, all those games will be on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet. And hey, a reminder, if uh, you want to catch us on our podcast, Blair and Barker, you can get it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, same thing with Blue Jays Talk. Mr. Barker and myself will have Blue Jays Talk. Uh, for the three games against the Cubs, then I think we're taking a we're taking a couple of days off to do some stuff. Huh. We'll First I've heard of that. Thanks for telling there me. There you that. go. There you go. Yeah. There mm. you go. Uh, and uh, we will be uh, giving away tickets to see the blue uh, to see the Blue Jays down the stretch after Labor Day. Our trivia will return. Yes. I missed it. You missed the trivia. I uh, have. Uh, questions were getting pretty. Yeah, the questions were getting pretty good. They were spotty. Questions were getting pretty good. Uh, we'll do in the East at eleven thirty. Take our weekly look around the American League East as the ground shifts a little bit in the American League East. Barker's back leg bits as well. DMs are open. My Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. Send along questions for Kevin and please, 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 don't ask about the home run jacket. Let's bring in David Sampson, MLB analyst with CBS Sports HQ. Uh, and of course, right away, somebody sends something out about the jacket <laughs> and host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson, the uh, podcast. David, thanks so much for joining uh, Kevin and myself today. Hey, you're going to have to explain this this MLBPA sending out union authorization authorization cards to major or to minor league players it's the first step i guess towards union unionizing minor leaguers and my question to you is with all due respect to minor leaguers why the hell would major league players give a rat's ass about them well they don't there's no question about that but the real question is are they signing their own death certificates practically because they don't have jobs other than their professional minor league baseball players and the overwhelming majority of them are not going to make the major leagues, but this is all about opportunity. The opportunity for better working conditions is what they'll say. The opportunity to make more money, the opportunity to not eat McDonald's every day. Mm. And that's all fine and dandy, but guess what the owners are going to do. If this happens, you're going to see further contraction of minor league affiliates because as a president of a team, I'm really not interested in paying for a player who has no chance to help me at the major league level, right? It doesn't matter to me. They are just fillers, and I'll just have two affiliates instead of five, and MLB controls the minor leagues now, so they're not exactly shaken in their boots at the possibility of the minor league players forming a union or joining the MLBPA. So they don't get paid any more money is what you're saying. The minor leaguers won't get paid any more money, or they just get the benefits of being a part of the union? Yeah, it's a great question. So – Certain minor leaguers will get paid more money if they become a union, but it's sort of like the fuel surcharge. I talked about this on Nothing Personal Uh this morning. When the price of fuel goes up, guess what? Look at your Uber bill. Look at your Uh grocery bill. You know, they'll pay you. They'll charge you for it. Uh, So you have a COVID-19 surcharge. That was big. When everyone had to hire more people to clean and do more cleaning supplies, you would see a surcharge at restaurants or in certain places. So really, at the end of the day, it's consumers who suffer when when a union like this is formed. And I'm talking about specifically a union like this. There will be minor league teams that will just simply disappear and minor league jobs will disappear because there's no reason to have players who have no shot.
There's a couple of things I, I was thinking about this. First of all, we know that MLB settled the case with the minor leaguers for $185 million over wages and working conditions. Uh, we also know that, there, I mean, newsflash, there's always something regarding baseball's antitrust exemption floating around. So my first reaction was maybe the commissioner's office might look at this and say, okay, well, you know, maybe that does something to help to help us ward off uh, anything against the antitrust any potential antitrust action. I'm just, I'm trying to look at it from different angles. But what really concerns me, David, with, again, with all due respect to the minor league players, do we really need to create another potential flashpoint between Major League Baseball and ownership, between the MLBPA and ownership? This is what I don't understand. We already can't agree on the time of day to have a meeting. Now you've thrown another you know, potential flashpoint in there. Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm just overthinking this. No, it's just more members, right? So re- remember, to, to get the collective bargaining agreement passed, there were 38 votes. So each team has a union representative who votes, and then you've got that executive council. And you recall that it passed, even though no one on the executive council, like right. Max Scherzer and Miller, none of them voted for it, ironically. And so now you'll just have more members of the rank and file, but there's such change in your minor leagues where players come and go way more often than on the major league side. I really don't view that as the issue when Major League Baseball is looking at how upset they are or what they'll react to. However, there is word going around, and just here's the law down here, when you have two ways that you can join a union. One of them is they can just go to MLB and say, how about it? Would you accept? We have 30% of minor leaguers saying they're willing to join MLBPA. Do you just want to let it happen uh, without going to a vote of all the minor league players? MLB, there's no reason to say yes to that. They won't say yes to that. In my opinion, they will require a vote of the minor league players where you need 50% of the vote once they get 30% to say there's an interest in having the vote. So this is the first step of a long way to go. But you did see that minor league advocate organization get sucked up by the MLBPA and start to be employed by the MLBPA. This is just all part of trying to make minor leaguers' lives better but I promise you, once there's a collective bargaining negotiation and MLB says, we'll raise the salaries for MLB minor leaguers, but we're taking it out of, let's say, arbitration, uh, that mm. will not go well. Mm. Uh, what did you make of the, the Julio Rodriguez uh, extension? Well, I know what you made of it, I, I heard. But I, I guess for folks around here, anytime one of these contracts gets handed out, people automatically go, okay, okay, what about Vladdy? What about Bo? What about Vladdy? What about Bo? Should that have any impact on Vladdy at this stage of his career? And just in general for our listeners, what did you make of that deal? Because um, it, it just, first of all, it seems to, be, seems to be really complicated in terms of opt-outs and things of that nature. But what did you make of it? Well, first, let's make it easier for the audience to understand. It's an eight-year deal. And so that sounds like a lot, except Julio Rodriguez already has a six-year deal. When you join an organization as a rookie, you are in that organization for six years. You just don't know what you're going to get paid, and the team doesn't know what they're going to pay, but you do have a six-year deal. When you sign a guaranteed contract like this, you're just getting cost certainty, and they added two years to it. But eight years from now, there is an option that the team can pick up And that option depends on MVP finishes and how good Julio Rodriguez is, where no one can imagine what he'll be. He's played only 108 games. 
But the real key to this deal is why Vladimir and, and Bo have not signed a deal. Uh, Julio Rodriguez got $15 million today, and that changes everything for him and his family. Vladimir and Bo didn't need that, so they're not willing to give up even an ounce of upside in order to get current-day money, which many players do, like a lot of those Braves players do. Wander Franco, as an example, did it with the Rays. But the problem is that it's such a risk by the team that if you don't get a discount, it's not worth doing. Mm -hmm. And now there's no more discounts. I have no idea why Julio Rodriguez is worth that amount of money because he's not. You can call him the face of the franchise. You can say he's only scratched the surface of his talent, which is what the GM said. But it really is a bunch of horse hockey. He hasn't done it for long enough. Guerrero and Bo have done it for longer, so they're not looking at this as a comp. You know, Aaron Judge isn't looking at this as a comp at all. This is just about how far teams are willing to go to get cost certainty and take a risk on young players. When does it, when do we get to the point with Vladdy where it's just not going to happen? Right. He's what, he's got another three years before he's a free agent after this year. Are we at that point? One, one minute before free agency starts for him. Okay. All right. That's when you're at the point. Okay. So you can get it done up to that point. You think there's no question. I think that, uh, I think the Blue Jays are smart. We've talked about this for years on the show. I'm not sure that I would be signing Vladimir to a long-term contract right now at all. And, you know, because he has an idea of what he wants. And I'm just not sure that his performance merits that level of money and that level of commitment. And it's not like your organization is cheap in any way. It's not like they don't sign long-term deals. But to be judicious about it is smart because you have to know your player. You have to know, will a long-term deal take away a little motivation? Will not signing a player keep that player more focused, less focused? So there's, there's different ways that you sort of analyze your players before deciding whether to offer them a long-term deal. David, you've been on this show before, and we've talked about points in the schedule, you know, how players look at certain points and, and how they can attack that part of the schedule. Front offices this time of the year, the Jays come off a road trip. They're really good. They come to a homestand, face a really bad team. They get lambasted. How does the front office look at that? So I'd go down and talk to my manager and just say, listen, there is no excuse for being swept by the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles. There's just no excuse for it. You know you're facing Otani one of the games. You've got to at least get one of the other games. We're as close to being the number top wild card as we are to being out of the playoffs. I think they're one and a half back of the fourth seed and one and a half back of being the seventh seed, which means you're no seed at all. So every one of these games matters, but it's not time to panic at all. The month of September has not even started. Remember, uh, you guys may remember in 03, the Marlins had like a nine-game losing streak in August, and I was despondent. But then we won nine out of our next 11. So there's plenty of time to recover. Certainly there's injury issues, no question, lack of performance issues, and I'm talking about one of your pitchers who shall rename nameless. But – it's, it's difficult, but I still am staying with my pick that the Blue Jays have a chance to win the pennant. How, how about the way you see a player perform when it comes to effort? I'm talking about Teoscar Hernandez in right field. Yep. Would you come down and give your opinion? Would you say, you know, you need to bench this guy? I know he fouled a ball off his foot, and, you know, that I don't want to say that's an excuse, but maybe they can throw that at the fan base and say we're giving him a day off, which they did on Saturday, but he still looked like this on Sunday when he didn't run a ball out to, to second base in a, in a big part of the game. Would you put 
input in to say, you know what, enough's enough, but we really need this guy offensively to step up. How, what, what's the line there? Here's the order. You start with a teammate because players always react better to being criticized or spoken to or constructively criticized by teammates. So you try to get a veteran player to take that role. If that doesn't work, then I go to the hitting coach if it's a hitter, the pitching coach if it's a pitcher. Then I go to the manager, then the general manager, and if none of that works, then I would go talk to the player and and, and try to figure out what is going on. But again, I would always start with a player. There's nothing better in a clubhouse than having it be self-policed. And there's sometimes, like with Hanley Ramirez, it didn't work at all because he didn't care what any of his teammates said. He didn't care what his manager said. So we would get involved and say, hey, we're benching him, and that's it. And uh, so it, it depends on the player, and it depends on the makeup of your clubhouse. Hey, David, during that run with, with Jack McKean, was there a point in time during that year where Jack, I'm gonna we we talk about flipping the spread yeah. over, throwing mm-hmm. a chair around. Was there a point in the year where he did that with that team? Yeah, it, I, it actually there is a specific point, and I was just talking about it when Pudge Rodriguez left the team because he pretended he needed to go take care of something for business, like Yadier Molina, when he went to watch his team play in Puerto Rico. I think it was right. It, he owned a basketball team or something crazy like that. Pudge went because he was struggling; he was not playing well. And he didn't like our hitting coach, so he wanted to go to his own hitting coach. And when he came back, the owner, Jeffrey Loria, said, put him back in the lineup right now. We need him back. And Jack McKeon said, absolutely not. He will play when I tell him to play and when I'm ready to have him play. But we are benching his tuchus so he knows that he's got to be part of this team. He benched him the first game back. And the rest of the team, the other 24 guys said, wow, we're treating everyone the same here. That works for me. Then Jack played him the next day, and the rest is history. But the players all pay attention to everything that goes on in terms of treatment of other players. So it's not really a performance-driven thing like, you know, the Blue Jays. Like, they had a, a good road trip, like I mentioned. Then you come home and you you stink. You're not doing things performance-wise. Now, I could say you're lazy, but that seems to be only one guy would flipping a table. Now, David, that thing when I played didn't work. Like, that was more of a minor league thing. You can scare a guy by throwing it because, you know, it's sort of determined on whether you're getting caught up or not. But the big league level, does that really work? Flipping a table. Yeah. It's fun to talk about, right? We always say flip the spread, which is the, yeah. which is the post-game meal. But yeah. that's back when people were sitting around and, and having beers after the game and spending mm-hmm. time together. Guys are in and out of the clubhouse much faster than they used to be. So we don't do things like that. We don't, you know, do a propeller plane instead of a jet plane like in Major League or, or change the curfew, right? None of that really works. Players, the money is so big now. Players have so much money that sometimes the motivation is not. uh, Listen, I I don't talk about this much, but I just have to mention, it is a very tough day for a president of a team when they realize that they care more about winning than some of their players. And I never used to believe that was true when I was a fan. I didn't want to believe it was true as an executive. And the fact of the matter is true, that there are people there who are players who are just punching their ticket. They're in, they're out. They do the bare minimum because they have the guaranteed life-changing money. And the motivation is not there. Not all of them, not a majority of them, but there are players like that. And as a GM or president, you're trying to have not many of those in your clubhouse. Because if you do, you are not going to win. David, really good of you to join us today. Terrific insight as always. Be well. Thanks, David.
Hey, have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, man. This is David Sampson, CBS Sports HQ, host of Nothing Personal, the podcast with David Sampson. Check it out. It is a uh, it is a terrific podcast. Great. He's also a great Twitter follow mm-hmm. at David P. Sampson. Um, again, if you're interested in the uh, business of sports from a it, it, it explained in a way that fans can understand, um, he is he's very much your guy. And uh, yeah, it, it's you know that you can, the, one of the topics today, of course, is the whole pitching a fit and getting guys' attentions. Um, uh, my friend Paul Hagen did a book on on John Cruck called "I Ain't an Athlete, Lady." And um, they, there's, a, there's a discussion in the book about Larry Boa holding a team meeting. And, um, well, let's just say that it ended with players laughing at him. And he just kind of exited. <laughs> Didn't work. Yeah. yeah and, and, and David's right. Like, there are people, I understand people don't like hearing this. But it's why I like having a former player aside. A lot of this is economics. Like, I'm sorry. These, no dudes, these dudes are independent contractors no making money. They really are. And a lot of that stuff, if I'm making $14 million this year, and you're a manager and you're making, I don't know, $750, $500, yeah, good luck scaring me. Sure. Yeah, I'm not entirely certain. That's, that's why you're that's doing it. Work. You're trying to scare them. Into oh no you're you're not playing well they know that already and that, that's what I said you got to be careful how you do it and how many times you do it and even if, if you do it so interesting kind of thing yeah it, yeah it uh, is it, it's uh, and Snyder I think after the game said it right they'll police themselves they have to you know they they. they there's just there's and it's not just because it's John Schneider. It's not because he didn't play in the majors or anything like that. It's just what David said. I, I love what David said about well, the first thing you do is you go to a player. Yep. Have a player talk sure. to another player. And the are guys like he mentioned Hanley Ramirez. Hanley Ramirez didn't care whether what his teammates said. That's there are players like that, but that's I that that's the approach I like. Let these guys sure. figure it out. You know? Yeah, with the Teoscar thing, I'm I'm not real sure what a what a player would go say to him like i i mean get your head out of your derriere run the ball out when you're supposed to i what are you gonna say to him like i it's my i worry about myself you worry about yourself like i i just don't that part of it i'm not real sure now if a if a president i'm sure the president's not gonna marsh fire is not gonna come down but the gm could come down and pull him aside and have a conversation with him. I'm not even that. I John not, Snyder, I'm sure. I got to tell you I know you we something. saw him in a dugout after he he misread the ball and yeah. whatever. We saw them sitting beside each other. Who knows what the conversation was like? But see, I'm not a yeah, fan I, of I'm not a fan of the general manager going down to the clubhouse. I'm really not. I'm not either. Uh, clubhouse to me is that that's. You know, that's the player's area. Uh, coaches and managers, of course, they can go through the clubhouse, mm-hmm. obviously. But to me, the clubhouse the clubhouse is a player's area. And, yeah, I this is just something something I, I, I really believe in, is that that area, it's not that it's sacrosanct, but that's kind of, I'm going to say their safe space. That makes it sound silly, but that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly what it is. And, uh, look, it's... They got the Cubs coming up. You got Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, get it together. It's 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 that simple. 
get it together and, you know, get a good start from Jose Barrios tonight. You sure. hope that that goes a long way mm-hmm. towards uh, towards establishing things. But Dan Shulman's right. The, the first thing to do in the clubhouse today is take a look at the lineup and see where Teoscar Hernandez is. Sure. Actually, the first thing I'm going to do is take a look at the lineup and see if George Springer's in the lineup mm-hmm. because he dove for a ball. And I'm not joking. He dove for a ball. I'm going to because... You know, I'm going to check. I'm with you. I, I still don't like that, by the way. I'm going to go, that's the hill I'm going to die on. I don't like playing George Springer in the outfield for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. I just want him DHing, whatever. That's just the way I feel about it. I don't think anything good is going to come out of uh, uh, out of, out of that. But, you know. What you're saying is you're is. doing a lot to put him at jeopardy of getting hurt. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Just, just to make room so... Alejandro Kirk can DH and Danny Jansen can catch or Vladdy can DH and, and Kevin Biggio can play first. That's what you're saying. Vladdy, Vladdy should be able to play first base every day no this question. month. He should. He no should question. be able to be out there you. every day at first base this mm-hmm. month. I'm sorry. He shouldn't need DH days. He's had his DH days. He should be out there every day playing first base. Mm-hmm. George Springer is here to be the catalyst, to be the offensive catalyst of this team. I'm fine with Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field. I'm fine with Rymel Tapia in center field. I'm actually more fine with Jackie Bradley Jr. But I got I got cover there. I just make it work. Mm-hmm. I make it work. And I keep George Springer off off the field uh, completely. Uh, take a break now or should we do uh, in the East now? Let's take a break and come back. We'll take a break and come back and do in the East. We've got a lot of Barker's back leg bits. Kudos to those of you who didn't mention the... Nasty word of the day, jacket, jacket. Kudos to those of you who found something else to worry about besides a jacket. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and English. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven will be the first pitch tonight. Javier Assad against Jose Barrios. There you go. <clears throat> Stroh show on Tuesday against mm. Kevin Gossman. Mitch White against TBC. There you go. Ready to get some hits, guys. Could be TBD to That's be do- to be dominant. That's some balls. Let's hit right at you. Uh, the base is hard. Huh? Play like it's your last game. I know what they say. They like your hair is on fire, according to Ross Stripling. See, I, I don't. I, sometimes I think Vladdy plays like his hair is on fire too much. I prefer the deep breath. Man, you know, just never satisfied, are you? No, I. Because, well, you're not. No, no, no. That's not true. That's but what, true. But what I no, but but the thing with Vladdy, and this is not that I'm not satisfied. This is one of the reasons I lo- I I really love Vladdy. One of the reasons I really really like him is. There are times where he tries. There are still times where he tries to do too much. He's a human being, which is not. I just I find that there are times where I find that kind of refreshing that the dude cares that much that he tries that he tries to do too much. I, you know, I I just sometimes I think you have to separate when things are going wrong. You have to separate the guys who are trying but it's just not working 
and we talked, but guys have bad years. They have bad years. Take a look, Greg. Take a look at some of Greg Maddox's early years. Just I pull that out of my ass because I remember what his early years were like. But they're guys. Got bigger. They're guys who. Mm-hmm. They're guys who are just having bad years. They're guys who are having bad years because they're not hustling. But it just you got to separate. Mm. You, you got to separate. You got to have a short memory. Guy makes a misplay. Vladdy makes a misplay. He's Vladdy. He answers the bell. I, I just, anyhow, I, I just, I don't like this whole, this whole team stinks mm. after a weekend you, like this. You feel better? I do. Okay, good. You know what it's time for. What time is it? In the East. I mean, you think getting swept by the Angels is bad, which it is. Would you like to be the New York Yankees? You split with the Oakland Athletics, losing the last two games. And you lose a roll this Chapman to the IL with an infection from a leg tattoo. Yeah, I've been there before. (laughs) A leg tattoo. Think about that. Yeah, I just did. A leg tattoo. Roldis Chapman's almost 40 years old. You have enough tattoos. As I said yesterday, if you want to do something different, get your nipple pierced. At 40, you shouldn't be doing anything to your body. Or whatever, however old the Roldis Chapman is. Whatever. You you don't need to do anything to your body. You're not 12. You're not 16 years old. You're not in a bender. You're not out on a weekend with the guys. God. Uh. Like, just, just think about it. If you're gonna do it, do it off season. That's too easy. I. Oh. Anyhow, it's on to Anaheim to play the Angels, and this Uh-oh. is what. Oh, there you go, Uh-oh. the Angels. This is what Aaron Boone had to say after those. Uh, after those, that, that lost couple of games against the Oakland Athletics. Aaron, you had the big breakout game offensively the first game of the series, but then things seem to have really stalled since then. Why do you think that is? Well, I would quibble with the second game even though we only scored the three runs i thought we hit the ball really well but the last 22 plus hours have not been you know very good for us offensively so uh you know we gotta we gotta do a better job and we gotta we gotta turn the page on this one and we got a big series starting where we gotta we gotta get after it and start you know you know, really getting some guys, getting some guys rolling. You've said at times in the past that, you know, sometimes when you look at individual at-bats and you look at at-bats throughout the course of a game, there are signs that, that things will turn. Any of that today at all, or were you not pleased with the at-bats? I think the last, you know, last night and today we were kind of shut down. You know, we didn't, you know, Benny smoked the ball uh, there to the left. That Kemp made a good play on him. You know, when we got back in there where Hicks Hicks got the base hit and then Higgy and, you know, had some traction going there. I thought Benny put a good at bat on it there. Um, but overall, you know, Martinez, for the most part, kind of held us down. Um, you know, he's able to throw strikes with his three pitches. Uh, I thought, you know, from the side, really good depth on his on, on that changeup to go with a sinker and, and makes it in the slider. So not a lot of traction today. Uh, we got to do better. Traction. Well, you it's need it. This, this time of the year, you're trying to gain you momentum are. going why, into the playoffs. And now they're three and a half back at the Astros for the best record in the American League, which I, I've been the one guy that said that's a big deal for the Yankees. They, yeah, you used, they used that inside-out swing to right field 
better than any team in baseball. And when you're hitting balls hard, it takes – he's – Aaron was talking about that one at bat, that line drive that somebody catches, and all, everybody else that comes to the plate goes, uh-oh, here we go again. They tried too hard. They swing too hard. They grip the bat too hard. And now you're not getting hits against one of the worst teams in baseball. This is sort of what happens. So, yeah, they're trying to talk everybody out of how bad they are right now. Brings us to the Tampa Bay Rays, who've gone 12 and 5 in a run of 17 games in 17 days. That despite losing two of three to the Red Sox this weekend. In 16 days, the Rays went from fourth in the AL East and fourth in the wildcard standings, second in the division, seven and a half bank back of the Yankees. They now have the third best record in the American League. They have the top wildcard spot, and it gets tougher. For the Rays, according to Elias, their remaining schedule is the most difficult in the AL. Think about this. They have an opponent's winning percentage of 546. They play two games against the Marlins, and then 24 of their final 34 games are against teams that are currently in a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. So, what is the mindset? What is the mood of the Rays as they go on? to face the Marlins after losing two of three to the Red Sox. This is what Christian Betancourt had to say. Ah, feels amazing, you know, um, playing the way we've been playing. Even the, that we lost the series and, uh, uh, you know, I think we won the last six before this one. And, and you know, it was just a great stretch, you know, heading before the off day. We know it was going to be tough and it's going to be even tougher after uh, Miami and another off day. And then it's, you know, it's when we really have to step out and, and be prepared for whatever. Yeah, they're doing, they're starting to get some of their pitching back. They're starting to hit again. Randy Rosarina looks sure, like he's... Sure, extra base hits guy. It's, for me, they're, they're always going to pitch. They'll figure it out. Arm angles and Kevin Cash. I, the mixing and matching he does and all the you know, matching up against the other team's best hitters and when he uses their best arms coming out of the bullpen. Could be the seventh inning. Could be the sixth inning. He doesn't really care as long as they're trying to win games. And it's just funny how he talks about winning a certain game. Mm -hmm. It's not winning a series all the time. It's if you split a series, it's that one game that you have to win. He does everything to win it. Yeah. And for me, it's about the offensive side of the ball. You get a couple of guys on, you get a guy hot. You know, Peralta's hot, getting on base. You talked about a Rosarena, getting on the extra base hits. So Harold they're getting, Ramirez, we talked about. There you go. So they're getting some things offensively, some guys that, you know, Maybe they expected a little bit more from early in the season that now they're getting. You add to that pitching. Now the defense is sort of solidifying itself, catching up to catching the balls they're supposed to catch. And I hate to say this because, you know, I know you are a raise-up guy. It's They're going to be tough to beat, even in the playoffs. We're almost at the point where I think we can stop talking about the Boston Red Sox. As a matter of fact, I think next week we're going to change this to in the wild card race instead of in the East. I'm glad I came up with that idea. Actually, it was our producer, Mark Poffo, who came up with the idea. Because I'm tired of talking about the Red Sox. Hey, J.D. Martinez hit his first homer in 129 at-bats, though, in Sunday's 12-4 win. He was taking the ride. I'm sorry, in their 12-4 loss, Sunday's 12-4 loss. And they still put him in the the, uh, the the laundry cart and gave him a little ride. And I wonder if the Red Sox nation got up in arms I'm about sure that. I'm sure they did. But the Red Sox continued to dismantle around the edges. And good news for those of us who like fast baseball, they DFA'd her a Kazu Sawamura. How about that? Who appeared TikTok. in 104 games over the past two years. Uh, the Red Sox are now, well, I mean, the Red Sox have been doing Red Sox things all year, adding stuff, subtracting stuff. They're clearly trying to clear out some deadwood. 
And uh, yeah, Hirokazu Sawamura, who is a snooze fest. Is you a can snooze. Say it. Yeah, you he, can say it. He's a snooze fest. Yes. Has, has been DFA. Yeah, he makes me turn the channel. Hopefully, not to be picked up by any team in baseball. And then, of course, there's the Baltimore Orioles. My Baltimore oh, Orioles, like one and a half games behind the Blue Jays. They won two of three from the Houston Astros, folks. They lost 3-1 on Sunday in a bid for a sweep. They had the tying run on deck. Orioles are for real. This is what Austin Hayes had to say. Yeah, our starters did an amazing job um, saving the bullpen this series and getting into the seventh inning all three games. Um, Austin did a great job today. We knew it was going to be a tough day with Verlander out there. We had some chances early. We made him work. Um, I'm not sure what happened to him, why he had to come out of the game, but um, you know their their bullpen just pitched us pretty good for the rest of the game. We had a couple opportunities. Um, we just needed that big hit. You know, we just couldn't couldn't get the big hit tonight. Uh, boy, the Orioles played really well in that series. They got some good starting pitching. They're getting some good starting pitching. Justin Verlander, by the way, left with a calf injury. Um, got dudes trying to get paid. I mean, that's basically yep. what it comes down to. And now, let's be honest, there's no expectation. They, they show up to the yard. They're having fun. Like, Brandon Hyde's like, just go out there and have fun. I mean, if we, if we beat the Astros, we beat the Astros. Brandon Hyde, American League Manager of the Year. If they make the playoffs, he is. If they don't... It's probably that guy in Cleveland. That's just for me. I, I'm I'm with you. I think that's. But if they do make the playoffs somehow, he has to. No be, question. Has to be managed. No question. Year. That's our view. Uh, our, our review of the weekend that was in the American League East. And yeah, we're going to change it to in the wild card next week. We'll take a walk. Makes I, sense. I'm getting tired of you know the same quote. We can get some different, get some different audio from, from. Well, guys it's the, it's really teams. the same teams except you're you're doing <laughs> away with. With the Red Sox, and you're putting in the Mariners, and you can put in yeah. Cleveland, and yeah. it will. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, it is now time for Barker's. <laughs> yeah, you know, our producer Mark Boff is a little, a little extra, a, a little excited. Oh, well, he should be. It's well, good, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a great idea, but I mean, uh, you know, act like you've done it before. That's yeah, what you're exactly. To say. Well, you exactly. don't. Huh? Well, you don't. What? Lead by example. I'm not. Uh, we're all motivated by money here. Yeah, we have no leadership. We have no leadership <laughs> in this on this show. You yeah, know that as well I as would I throw do. the microphone. What do you want at me to you, do? I don't care. You're gonna throw the <laughs> throw a chair at me. We're gonna go and like throw uh, a chair at Lance. Uh, yeah, get what, Lance what? to technically direct faster, more energy. Try harder, Boffo, Jen. What are we gonna do? Get them to try harder? Mm. No. Uh, it is Barker's back leg bits. Oh my God! Jacket, 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 jacket. jacket. Oh. Too much laughing, too much joking. Absolutely. Ooh. Let's see, Andre G. Hi guys, love to listen to both of you on TV. I have two quick questions for you. Aside from George Springer, who has enough respect and character to lead the skilled kiddos? Vladdy and Alec are already showing signs of being leaders in the future, but they're not just there yet. My other question is, has Kevin ever been approached or considered being a batting coach in MLB? No, I have not. I want to, I want to be the first one to, I want people, to be, you know how many people ask that? I want to be the first one. And I never one. throw it out there. I was hoping I could kind of catch you off guard. No, no, I always listen. Okay. A little. Okay. I, I, what's your definition of a leader? 
Uh, is it throwing things no. after a game? Is it going four for four? Is it going one for four with second and third and two outs in the seventh inning off a guy they brought in who's no, sidearm, you know who throws 100? What's your, what's your definition of a leader? My definition of a leader. How dare you have fun? It's 22 to three. Like, what's your definition? I don't think there's one definition that necessarily fits. My definition of... My definition don't of... Don't wear that jacket. I mean, I... My definition of a leader is somebody who, this is just me, okay. someone who's plays every day, someone who plays every day, someone who plays every day, and somebody who's had a little bit of success, but performance driven, Perform- play, play, yeah. hard, play hard and score for me for first on a ball that you probably that, shouldn't. You know, that's a leader. You have you you Absolutely. you've mentioned that a couple of times, and I've started oh to I've started to to realize now the benefit of being how how being a good teammate means what what can you essentially what it means is what can I do to help somebody else get paid more money, and one of the things I can do is I can run the bases. There really it is. Well. There it is. You help yourself. You help the guy yeah. that just hit it. You help your team, and all of a sudden now everybody says, "Man, look at him. He's a I, leader." I do. I have said, and I will maintain this though. I do think when you get to the playoffs, there is something to be said for having dudes who've been there. There's something to oh, be said. Absolutely. There's something to be said for having somebody but, somebody who'll stand up and say, guys, you know what? And this is going to sound really trite, but this is what, because you're going to have people who are going to want tickets to the game. Family's going to want to come yeah, here. And there's going to be a ton of media. That's about heart rate. But it's And it's also good having a guy who has a ring and who... You can look – there are moments in the, in the locker room, I'm sure, where you kind of look around and you see a guy, you go, okay, that guy's won. There, there, is a lot, won. there is a lot of this in clubhouses because a lot of people don't like each other. It's just the way it is. You put 26 dudes in a room, not everybody's going to like each other. Maybe most guys don't care enough about Teoscar to walk up to him and go, hey, run the ball out. Maybe they don't. I have no idea about that, and I'm just saying that. I'm not basing that off of anything, but – Maybe maybe if you want to look like that, go for it. But we're not going to look like that. I don't understand. I just, the definition of leadership, they throw that out like it's just, you, you know, you're supposed to be at the top step and yelling and screaming. Is that a leader? Or are you showing a guy up? And you're going to get in a fight because of it because you're two grown men. I've been there. I've done that in the minor leagues before. It's happened. So I just wonder what your definition was. And I, I sort of like your definition. I do. I like That's it. That's kind of, I don't know. I, it, Leadership in baseball has always meant something different to me than it has in other sports because what Josh Donaldson said is right. It's not, this is it's not the try hard league. Trying harder, trying harder isn't going to make up for the fact that you can't hit a an off speed. Okay, pitch. let it's, me ask you a question. Remember the pop up that went up and Bo ran over and Vladdy sort yeah. of ran into each other and whatever. And I think Vladdy caught the ball and Bo said something to him while walking away. Does that make Bo a leader or did he show up his teammate? I said he showed his teammate up. Yeah. You do that behind closed doors. You do that in the tunnel. Does that make him a leader? No, this is my area. I got this ball. I that again. You got. People got to be careful with that. Like, I understand everybody wants everybody to have that guy that just stands up and says, how dare you do this or that or the other. Baseball, for me anyway, doesn't work that way. No, every, every it, it is very true that, that, that people, a lot of people in this city view it through a hockey lens, and that is you got to have that glue guy, that gritty guy. No. 
I want good players work. who, when the situation arises, I want him at the plate. I want him on the mound. Does that make him the leader of the team? No, that makes him the best pitcher or the best hitter or the best defender. That's what I want. Did I answer that good enough? I always thought one of the real good leaders in baseball was Mariano Rivera because if you got the ball Best to him, you were winning. You're winning. There you go. <laughs> and you know when you're getting the ball to him in October, it generally no good things are happening. Uh, Mitty wants to know, this is our conversation with David Sampson. He asked the question, is it really that bad if major league teams cut more minor leaguers? If those remaining, this is an interesting point, make a livable wage and 99% of those players getting released would never have made the big leagues or a living playing baseball. So what he's saying is this gets to our conversation about the Major League Baseball Players Association trying to unionize minor leaguers. And David Sampson's answer, which I think is absolutely right, that go ahead and do it. They'll just cut jobs. Yeah, it's awful. They'll cut jobs. Yeah, it's awful. But Mitty's point is fewer players might mean that they make a living wage. What it's going to rob us of is that 60-second round draft sure. pick who comes out of nowhere and goes teams, on to have a how career. How many teams always have that guy in spring training who show up and hit 70 home runs, and everybody's like, wow, look at that guy, and he makes the team, or that guy that throws 100 that nobody's ever heard of. That's sort of eliminating that guy. And, I, I mean, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to save money because they're spending more money at the big league level now. Michael, but is that cool? No, I don't think so. Michael wants us to talk about Kikuchi again. <clears throat> He says, quote, I miss him. No, you don't. Uh, Travis in Saskatoon. Why'd you even read that? <laughs> I just did because I just felt I hadn't said Kikuchi all day. And he did make two appearances in this series, hey, including great. Friday. He's great. Tell you what, the Japanese media that were here for uh, for Otani, they were, it, it, and I was sitting behind them, and they kept staring down in the bullpen waiting for Kikuchi to come up. And it, I, you know what it, this, it reminded me of? If you went to like a great rock concert, mm-hmm. you went to a great concert and somebody says, and we're going to have a special guest. And you're going, oh, who's going who's gonna to come up and stage? You know, is it mm-hmm. going to? And then all of a sudden, it's like some local guy no one's ever heard of come up, join. That's what I kind of thought with, with Yusei Kikuchi coming into the game. We went there to watch Shohei Otani and celebrate Shohei Otani. And here comes Yusei Kikuchi. Anyhow. Be, be nice. Travis from Saskatoon. I know there's a lot of talk about balance in this Jays lineup. But if you look at the teams of 15-16, they seem to be just as right-handed as this team. I know they did have Ben Revere as left hand in the leadoff spot, and I know you both have talked about it's not just about handedness. And I also think those 15, 16 teams prove that it's about the approach at the plate and not what side of the plate you it stand is. on. Travis, that is very right. Oh, that, that is. That but is you, right. you also had you had, uh, you had a MVP at third base. You had Jose Batista, who was one of the best home run hitters in baseball. You had Edwin, who was one of the biggest game hitters in all the baseball. Those three guys were right handed. That's a different animal. Like when you got those three guys in the middle of your order, and the other team's trying to figure out how to get out one of them mm-hmm. instead of trying to get out two or three of them. Do the Blue Jays have that? Like, you, you again, they may have a hot – if Vladdy can stay hot for a week or two, they'd have him and George. I mean, am I, when it comes crunch time in the playoffs, I'm probably pitching around George. I hate to say it, to get to Vladdy. Lord, us I like, but big moment. Would you rather pick the? So you, yeah, they, you can pick your points. You can pitch around things. It's an interesting then point. Then in fifteen, good luck. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, good I, luck. I, I think. Yeah, the, you look at that fifteen to sixteen team, and that was that was a bunch of 
It's a bunch of guys have been around for a while. There are a sure. lot of miles. There are a lot of miles I, and a lot of accumulated knowledge. In I that can team. just remember playing with Edwin in winter ball. Edwin, I'm on the on deck circle. He's walking the plate. He looks right at me and says, This guy, who I guess he knew, is going to throw me a first pitch breaking ball and I'm hitting a home run to right center field. I'm like, You are nuts. Guess what happens? Yeah. That's the difference. Uh, again, we're getting veteran leadership, Austin. Uh, after watching this last series, and one thing that really stands out to me, there's a lack of veteran leadership. <laughs> Simi, you know, the impact of someone like Simeon is overlooked at times. Um, I, I, the leadership thing is going to come up. We, we've talked about it. Um, did Marcus Simeon help this team? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, in terms of leadership, I I don't know. I, I tend to think that that is... Uh, um, Hold on, I want to look his stats Again, up. Blue Jay girl. How about a tough, non-friend type manager like Girardi and do it now to save the season? Never thought the Jays so, would be booed. So You're we, not going to get Joe. So down. I'm having a bad season, and oh, by the way, I hate my manager because he is hard on me all the time. I mean, Marcus, Marcus Sim has got 20 homers sitting 238. I, is that a good year? I, maybe. Not hitting second on this team. Yeah, Sitting 230. Audrey Barnes, I want to bring a little positivity to the show today. It's a good ball club. They're fun to watch. I live in Alberta. My dad and I try to fly out and see the Jays once a year. And I remember in 2016, when I was 23 in Toronto the first time, we should all enjoy getting to watch this team with some very talented players. Laddie and Bo play every day and keep themselves healthy, unlike a lot of other young stars there in the sport. Um, so I just want to bring some positivity well to the said. show. And I, and, and, and I do keep saying that both of those guys play every day. And they're in the playoffs, but. Both of Yes. Don't forget that. Uh, Adrian Award. Um, this is a good general question. Is it possible this team isn't as good as the hype was at the beginning of the season? Sure. And secondly, they missed the playoffs. Do you think John Schneider should be the manager move? I think he forward? should. I think they yeah, found their guy. I, I, I'm think, not sure. I think they found their guy too. Um, I don't I don't know if they if they see it that way. I don't either. You'd have to ask them. Maybe we will. You know, this is, if you're Ross Atkins and you don't bring John Schneider back, that's your third manager you've gone through. You got rid of Gibby. You did your search. You hired Charlie Montoya. Didn't work out. Mm. Um, he's got, he's got some things to, to iron out. And I, and and as for... Another as, thing to it, that's a lot. Yeah, and as for expectations... Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I'm one willing to admit that uh, I really overclubbed with this team. I, I know. Think. How about this? They, they make really the playoffs. They get beat in the first round. Is it a good season or a bad season? In the playoff round. They get beaten. They say they play Cleveland in the first round. They and get they beat. lose. Is that a bad season? It's not a bad season, but it's not good enough. Not good enough for me. Okay. I mean, not, based on, my, not, not based on what my, my expectations were. Uh, if you told me at the start of the year what would happen if they would play Cleveland in the first round, I'd say, well, I mean, they should beat Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And, frankly, they shouldn't be playing in the wild card round. That's where I was with this team. That's where I was with this team. Uh, but playing Cleveland in the playoffs and losing in that in, in the first round, a first-round exit to me is not, uh, it's not, it's not good enough. That's now... Again, thinking what I thought at the start of the year. As we sit here right now, you know, it 
I might have to reconsider it. But going back to what I thought about this team losing in the first round, I'd still be disappointed if they lost in the first round. It's going to come down to those last three games. Who do you have to use to get through them? Well, that's oh. the that's, uh, same thing that Dan Shulman said, and he was, he was right. If you're the Jays, you don't want those three games to matter. You, you want Mitch to be able White to. White and Ross Stripling in the, in the wild card series. Yeah, you well, if, yeah, Michelle, or somebody in short, or, you know, or uh, uh, Alec Manoa who's already thrown eighty innings more than he's ever thrown in short rest or something. I mean, there there are ways, there are ways you'd have to go about doing it. But yeah, it would mm-hmm. it would certainly be, it would certainly be, be a great idea to not have your postseason, uh, you know, not have your postseason destination determined by what you do in those final three games. But I just think I I think, I think it's too much to expect that all of those three games weren't won't matter, given the way things are going. That's it for us today. Thanks for the uh, messages and the text for Mr. Barker. Again, we will do it tomorrow. We'll also be doing Blue Jays talk tonight, immediately following the Jays-Cubs game on Sportsnet 590 Fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network. We'll be back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening and watching Blair and Barker.